Blog Talk Radio. Open, hold they fan, they fan. Homie, 
And we're back, folks. And we got a special guest on, of course. (laughs) What's going on? Finally, we got you on. Yes. (laughs) It's a great way to start the whole thing, right? Yeah. I know how to bring it in. But um, tell our listeners who you are, what are you doing, how you started. Okay, so, um, man, how did I start doing what I do? Um, I've always had a love and passion for music. You know, um, that passion, and, you know, of course, as many of us, it started in the church, you know, having a passion for what was being done with singing, um, drums, keyboards, pianos, organs, and things of that nature, and just seeing the energy that music created and and just growing up like, hey, I want to be able to create something to get people happy and jumping around and, you know, doing what they do. And, uh, you know, that's where it began at. And as I got older, you know, just fast forward, um, I did take some um, piano and some singing classes in, um, in, in junior high school. Shouts out to Patton Academy. Uh, Christian Bible School is where uh, it got deeper. And then um, got back in the public school system and started you know, getting a dose of the street life, and uh, yeah, reality set in, and now I'm mixing my environment with the music that I have wanted to create it, and by the time I get to the ninth and, you know, grade, eighth grade, I'm creating music, which was my passion, but now I'm talking about the the lifestyle and how I grew up. And uh, a rap, you know, a just mediocre rap career. I wasn't, um, I was always independent, you know. I gave myself a record deal. Um, and I just took things from right there. And what I did was just kept making music, kept making beats, telling my friends, hey, you know, that, that ghetto hope dream, we're going to make it out of the ghetto, man. We're going to make it. So I started producing for friends in the neighborhood, um, also in in a spiritual sense, trying to keep my friends from out of prison, out of juvenile hall, out of, um, you know, youth authority camp and things like that. Man, let's go to the studio. Y'all can do that, but let's go rap. I got some beats. Let's go rap. Y'all can go do what y'all do, get y'all get y'all, um, y'all motivation and come on to the studio and leave them streets alone. Um, and then the business mind set in to where, you know, hey, this is bigger than music. This is bigger than um, what I see. And growing up, I'm from Oakland, California. Basically bigger than you. Right. Okay. Yeah, so... I, um, being um, from Oakland, California, you know, from the Bay, I migrated to Vallejo, um, connected with a lot of um, artists as they were coming out because I was a little tiger running around, um, connecting and having conversations with E-40, having conversations with Mac Dre, having conversations with Lil Bruce, talking to Thurman um, from Solar Music Group, um, you know, meeting different people, PTS players trying to strive and just seeing the music industry in Vallejo, but there was a business also. So where is I'm from Oakland, 
and um, but I'm out in Vallejo, but I'm seeing the music business part of it. And at this time, Oakland, you know, Bay Area music was good, was running the music industry. Um, Too Short was already out, but it was other people that were coming up who Short was bringing to the studio um, under his music called Dangerous Music. So there came Pooh Man, Spice One, um, Ant Banks was the producer, um, Hassani. Uh, Father Dom, you know, so it was just like more of a hip-hop culture. The music wasn't, it was real music. It was talking about life. It wasn't talking about twerking and, you know, doing all that stuff. It was real music. So, you know, just the passion came deeper because, you know, when I when I was coming up, just the music had some consistency to it. So I just fell in love with it and gave it my all. And uh, just growing up and seeing, you know, what the music industry was turning into, it it, it started getting watered down. You know, they started um, quieting Four Righteous Teachers, KRS-One, Public Enemy, all those artists that was doing the conscious, you know, quote-unquote hip-hop music where us out in the Bay Area was more or less player, player gangster music. You know what I'm saying? New York was doing some positive stuff and you know, it just the, the 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 music was there, the ambition was there, but it was just like two different lifestyles being discussed. And you know, as time goes on, you know, you got your Drew Downs, your Looney's, your your different you know Bay Area artists is coming out, the delinquents, and just a lot of people. And you know, here spawns Tupac. So now music has a whole digital underground basically was responsible for bringing even bringing Tupac to the uh to the stage. A lot of people don't know that. Shock G was a person. If there was no Shock G, there would be no Tupac. You got to understand that. So, now we are moving on to this political part and music is now be we know that music is controlling people's minds, bodies, spirits and souls. And um, I got a wake-up call being spiritual that I knew that music wasn't wasn't uh, a tool that this, that these record companies was using to destroy our community. And after going back and forth with myself for so long, I just, the music industry just became to leave like a sour taste in my mouth. Once I saw that it was doing that, the music industry in my environment started destroying it how they did crack cocaine. You know, everybody was getting high and on cocaine, this, that, and the other. But when they put that baking soda to the cocaine, um, it, it started affecting people. And, and nobody knew the effects of it until years later that this music was having people go to prison. This music was having people wanting to kill people. This music was having people addicted to drugs. And, you know, I just didn't want to be a part of that no more as far as what was being said, but the passion for the music was still there, creating the music. Um, So I fell away from being a rapper and got more into the business part of it. Chirped all what I knew into more or less of a business for the Bay Area and the people I was working with so that 
it was less self-ambition, me wanting to be a rapper. I could take the knowledge and the experience that I know and help other people, whether some listen to me or not, but always telling people to rap about your struggle, your life. You could talk about it, but just don't glamorize it, you know. Basically, your truth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just like you your say, truth, your truth, because a lot of people yeah, just fake truth. the funk. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and that's why I explained, I was talking to an up-and-coming artist this weekend, and I, I was telling her, that's what made Pac the person he is. He talked about that partying and stuff, but he always told the truth. Whether it was fabricated yeah, or not, he truth. told the story. Right. Of course. He told stories. He was a Changes. storyteller like Scarface. Scarface was a storyteller. Yeah. You know, even too short. A lot of these people, Freaky Tales was a story. One of the first, the hottest, most classical songs, you know, from the Bay Area was a fictitious story. It might have been true. You know, hey, these are the tales, the Freaky Tales. These are the tales that I tell so well. I meant it. Her name was so... Telling the story, you know, it was cool. That's the entertainment part. And, mm-hmm. uh, man, this music industry, these people got a hold of this music and, and knew that it was a tool that they could make billions of dollars off of, but we could destroy their minds. We could destroy their health. You know, we can put them, we can, we can use elements of genocide to, to, to motivate suicide. And I just didn't want to be mm-hmm. part of that. So I started just doing business and promoting, doing things of that nature. And, you know, by this time, social media is the number one tool to do your thing. You know, I'm kind of fast forward. And all the way to 2004, 2005, 2006, the hyphy movement mm-hmm. comes out. MySpace is the mm-hmm. number one thing for artists. So, um, I made a lot of money, you know, with the with the passion that I had to push music and designing marketing plans for many artists. I worked for many record labels and people who was getting record labels and people who was going, trying to get deals with Columbia, Sony Columbia, because they're like a sister-brother company, people who was trying to go to Jive, people who was trying to go to Priority, people who was trying to be independent, people who was trying to go to Rough House Columbia, um, people who was trying to sign with labels, independent labels in, in, in Atlanta, wherever, you know, Texas. So I just was able to be blessed to learn how to market, create a branding thing for artists and Make sure that you your pictures is right. Make sure that your album covers. Right. Make sure your music is mixed good. Um, make sure you're using Please. the right sound. Go ahead. Go ahead, man. Yeah, so Go ahead. Preach. 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 Keep going. So um, that's where I fell in <laughs> love with the curation and the knowledge that I can give to people and letting them know, like, you know, like when Master P blew up, a lot of people bought that music from No Limit because of the artwork. 
the marketing and branding of No Limit was something that never, ever was done before. Master P was putting out an album, two, maybe three albums a month. Every week, something new was coming out from No Limit with a fresh cover with the letters and diamonds and sparkling and you know, he got that game from the Bay Area. Shots out the back graphics. <laughs> but that's the phone. They, they had Master Pete, just he his branding. A lot of that music was not good quality music, or my in my opinion. But every album had a hit single on it, which sold the album. Pete had this chemistry to where he would. He would he got he went and bought Snoop from Death Row and he would put Snoop on everybody's songs and everybody jumped on Snoop album. So it was like no limit was nothing but a whole bunch of compilations being created, marketing and branding. And um I just was trying to get people to understand that. Um I talked to uh Mr. Miller um when he worked at the music people. My mom owned a record store in Vallejo and um I saw him one day in there, and um, I think, he, from my understanding, he used to work. He was learning distribution because he worked at the music people. I saw Master P putting CDs and stocking tapes and CDs on the shelf, and um, he was like, what, what, "What's up, little one?" And I'm like, "Oh, what's up, Master P?" And then you know something? He was like, "Oh man, in here, brother." Da, da, da. This is when 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 P first got started. I think. Silk Hatton came out. Um, this was way before the Ice Cream Man and all that stuff. This was before P was popping just when he was, because Master P was a garbage rapper. I, that was just, you know, everybody. Master P was very, <laughs> Master P didn't have no lyrics, but he had he had swag about him. You know what I'm saying? It, uh, he, he was a great businessman, and that was just to go to show you, you don't have to have the best lyrics businessman. And, um, you know, I looked up to him, and that's where people have to understand you can, you don't have to have good quality music, which is a great thing, but if you got good quality business, you can sell anything. Yeah, that's a plus. That's always a plus. You know, <laughs> so that's what's being done right now, you know, i.e. Soldier Boy. Come on now, man. So, Dude is not a lyricist. Dude wasn't, you know. No, <laughs> but he wasn't good at marketing. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. So that, so that's now, as you see, and people think I may be going off on a tangent, but I fell in love with the marketing and branding part because I saw that's what made the money. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so now, not worrying about being a music artist, Mm-hmm. I can attach myself to thousands of people through consultations and helping them sell music, and I can get my love like that instead of worrying about myself. So I pushed that line and started the digital magazine company. The West Coast wasn't getting representation how we were supposed to because the source was East Coast-based. I think Double XL was Midwest, you know, da 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 da. Whatever it is, the Bay Area, we didn't have an outlet. I think we had like Murder Dog and Showcase Magazine as physical magazines, which was great. Forty Eighty, I think, was also a, a, a physical magazine. 
But I uh, started this Global Grind magazine uh, situation 2006, I think. 2007, I, I, I think it's been 12, it's been over 10 years, but I think I'm pushing towards the 12, 13-year mark ever since because the word grinding, from my understanding and what I know, that was that came from Oakland. And when 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 a when when a dope fiend asked, "Are you grinding?" That means you were selling dope. You were selling dope. It didn't have nothing to do with weed or nothing. If you were grinding, you were selling rocks. Or working. Yeah, you okay. You yeah, a lot of people just use bro. use the words like different. You know, every word now, like bad. You know, it's just being flipped all around. Grinding. Um. Hustling, all those words. Yeah, they're just being But that word grinding was something that I've always did, you know, and I created Global Grind Magazine in the midst of this. Um, Russell Simmons um, was basically a face of globalgrind.com. Um, went through that phase of everybody thinking I was in, they were me or whatever. I'm trying to steal somebody's name. No, I'm a whole different entity because I was doing a digital magazine for if you can uh, speak into the mic speak into the mic oh, a little okay. bit because you sound far okay. away yeah, probably, yeah, I, yeah, there, I you go. there you go so um, you know just doing the my global grind magazine thing I um, saw that okay this is bigger than music I have to start connecting with business people and people that um, you know, that are into business and not just music and not just the music business. So I just start going hard on this social media stuff, man, and just, you know, copy, paste, share, man. That's where the money is at. If you could copy a link and, and play and paste it somewhere and hit share, it's easy now. You know, it's you don't have to stand out on the corner, pass out CDs, for people to hear your music right. no more. Right. You, know, you get, you, you <laughs> you get can, you a nice yeah. cell phone and, and right. kick back, do what you do, and, and, and you can send your music to Atlanta, to New York, to Wisconsin, to Yuba, to to, to Maui Waui, to Honolulu, and seven mm. other 55 different countries at the click of a button. And yep. that right there, just became my my love right there that I can this is money. I can make money every day doing this. So man, here we are right now, man, and that's just what I do. Lawrence Manifest Jam, man. I'm just happy to be alive. I'm I'm glad for the internet. I'm 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 using this internet to learn more things. I'm pushing into lots of self development and learning how to eat better, how to think better. Um Tapped into a company called Organo, um, you know, healthy coffee shakes, mochas, lattes, things of that nature. You know, OGX is a great product. I tell everybody just to Google Organo OGX, look up Cafe OGX, and, um, you know, you can come just, you know, improve your life on a healthy homostasis, you know, revitalization type situation. Um, I'm into doing a lot of study with uh, blockchain technology and cryptocurrency stuff that's also going to sweep the music industry. So 
so that artists can get paid and not need a record label. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now, I'm learning about, you know, just this blockchain technology and how it's being applied to business, to music, to marijuana sales, to, the, you know, the cannabis industry, to the hair sales. You know, they just use blockchain technology to um, to trace that where the E. coli uh, situation right. came from. So, you know, so blockchain right. is a beautiful thing, man. It's helping save people's lives. It's helping improve people's lives. And I just, you know, I wish, I want, and I know that we will do better for more um, of the urban community to get in touch with technology, not just the blockchain, but get in touch with technology. Don't be scared of that computer. Don't be scared of Definitely. the internet. Mm-hmm. Don't be scared of That's Google, crazy. man. That's your best friend. Yeah. But, Lawrence, yeah, good question, man. man. So, yeah. I'm going to jump What's into up? one quick question, and then we'll, we'll be done. Basically, give the listeners right now who's really in the street life shortly, in a nutshell, any tips that you might have for them in whatever industry or business they're in, motivational-wise, to keep going? Do you have any tips? Give me, like, two or three, and then give me your social media, and then we'll close it out. Go ahead. Okay, so, man, I can give you 12 steps, 30 steps. No, I don't need 12, because I don't want it to be like a Sopranos moment and we're just cut off. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. So the first thing, man, is believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. If nobody That's else believes in you, and then invest in yourself. Right. That's two. Invest in yourself. Yes. Yeah, stop asking. Stop asking for free services. And number three is utilize social media to the fullest. Stop internet trolling. Every time you click right. something or you post something, make sure it, 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 it's some type of value to it. You ain't got to be on Facebook and looking at Instagram, looking at girls' pictures or whatever. If you're doing that, right. make sure you leave your link to your music on that on, on her page or her <laughs> comments. Use your time wisely. Yeah. Um, so where can we follow you on social media? Um well, you could just Google Lawrence Manifest Gant, that's L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E, Manifest, M-A-N-I-F-E-S-T, Gant, that's G-A-N with two T's at the end. Or you could just Google Global Crime Magazine. Um, they can contact you, you know, or whatever. Um, but I'm, 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 I'm hanging out on the block all day. You know, I, I don't sleep. I'm I'm like Kevin Gates. I don't sleep. You know, I just rest. I don't <laughs> you don't sleep. get tired. I feel you. Okay, okay. Uh-uh. No. Man, we so appreciate you coming on, man. man. Taking time right, out of your schedule to be with us, man. No, Thanks again. Cool. We're gonna do we gonna do some more of these, man. So get in touch with me, man. Lawrence Manifest Gant. You know, one love to CMG, man. We out. Another dope interview wrapped up. You already know how we do it. You just got your dose.